Praise God, everybody. Thank you for, again, joining the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland podcast. This is Pastor Tim McLaughlin. And uh, as always, just absolutely excited to share the Word of God. Not only am I always excited to share the Word of God with you, but uh, as I've been preparing for this podcast, we're also preparing to go to Ohio to do a a series of Holy Spirit meetings up in Tip City, Ohio. And uh, just, just, man, I am so pumped. And one of the things that, uh, and you've heard me share this if you follow our podcast at all, is that I hear people that will make comments about... um, their salvation, that they they believe they're saved and they give all kinds of reasons of why they think they're saved, but uh, many of them really don't understand that salvation is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about true repentance, turning from your wicked ways, not that you're going to be perfect, but that you understand that you're walking away from your old lifestyle, surrendering everything to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and turning to Him and making Him Lord of your life, uh, making every decision, every decision that you make in life, uh, asking Him to guide you in that decision. And then also within that, understanding that there's a, there is a uh, an expectancy. There is a desire to want to be in His presence. There is a uh, hunger to to experience God, not just to read the Bible, not just to go to church and hear someone preach the Bible to you, not just to listen to podcasts like this, but to have an encounter with the living God. And so today, as I as I share these things with you and I get passionate about it, I want to take you uh, to a passage of Scripture that I've been looking at in Mark chapter 12, verse 24. Mark 12, verse 24. Uh, I'm reading out of the New King James translation. And, and if you have a Bible, go with me to Mark 12, 24. Uh, we'll look at several Scriptures. If you're driving down the road like I often do listening to this, then keep your hands on the wheel and, and let me read this to you in Mark 12, 24. It says, Jesus answered and said to them, You are not therefore mistaken, because you do not know the Scriptures, nor the power of God. Let me re- say that again. The, the, this party says, Because you do not know the Scriptures, nor the power of God. Jesus is speaking here to, to a group of scribes and a group of Pharisees and, and uh, actually he's speaking to a group of Sadducees, uh, to be correct, not Pharisees, but Sadducees. And during this passage, he's talking to them because they're asking about the resurrection. They're asking about, you know, if someone was widowed, if someone was divorced during this life and they were married multiple times, and then when they get to heaven, who will they be married to? Who will they be with? So first you need to understand the Sadducees, number one, don't even believe in the resurrection. They do not believe in any life after this. And so they're, they're, they're asking out of ignorance, trying to trick Jesus. They're asking what they do not know. And then the second thing is, is they're asking this question, uh, because they don't know the scriptures. They're also asking that out of ignorance because they don't understand the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. Now there's a big difference between knowing something in theory, and knowing something in reality. Let me say that again. There's a big difference between knowing something in theory and knowing it in reality. 
Many times we consider knowledge to be the product of something learned in a classroom, something read in a book, something that is passed on uh, by somebody else that we hear about. But true knowledge is the understanding gained from actual, intimate interaction. Let me say it this way. If I heard about my wife, if I heard about how beautiful she was, if I heard about how smart she was, if I heard about how hardworking she was, but I never met her, if I never had an opportunity to interact with her, um, I would not really know. I could tell you what others have told, but without being with her, without experiencing time with her, then all I am doing is going off of what someone else says. And that's what so many people do in the Christian faith is people regurgitate things that they have heard others say. They, they, they talk about maybe movies that they have watched. They've watched the passion of the Christ. So they want to try to describe to you what the, the crucifixion was like, but they have not yet read the word and, or maybe they have read their Bible, but they have not prayed it out. They have not meditated on it. They've not studied out the scriptures. So therefore, they're speaking out of ignorance of their own knowledge instead of seeking out the knowledge and the wisdom that can only come through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I don't want to take this scripture out of context. Again, like I mentioned, in Mark 12, 24, Jesus is addressing the error of a religious crowd. They love to debate the scriptures. They love to argue doctrine. They came to Jesus with their pointless quizzes, hoping to engage him in the religious games. But Jesus is speaking to these Sadducees and he's speaking about the resurrection. First, he's talking to a group of people that don't even believe and they're trying to trap him. Second, he's speaking to them about the words of Moses and they're trying to prove a point. They're trying to argue with him about things that they don't even know and things that are not accurate. Jesus called them out. He said, you do not know the scriptures. This is was, this was an insult to these religious men who had spent all of their lives memorizing the scriptures. Jesus said, you don't even know the scripture, and yet they're looking at him going, wait a minute, we have went to school, we have studied our whole life to know these scriptures. However, just because they knew the words didn't mean that they knew the word. Just because you know, just because you can memorize scripture, if you don't know the word, Jesus then you really don't have an understanding. Just because the word, uh, you, you know the words in the Bible don't mean that you know the living word. Jesus is the word. John chapter 1 verse 1 and 2 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we behold his glory the, as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Revelation 19.13 says, He was clothed with a robe, dipped in blood, and His name is called the Word of God. Jesus is the Word. You can read your Bible, and I think you should read your Bible. You can listen to others preach the Bible, and you should listen to others preach the Bible. But you need the desire to know the living Word. Many churches today become experts at filling the minds of their congregation with information about God. A lot of ministers teach scriptures from their opinion or their theory. But how many invite the hearers to an interaction or an encounter with God? 
I know churches where pastors will write books about the Bible, say things about the Holy Spirit, and even preach sermons from that book, but they will never give people in the congregation the opportunity to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. See, they'll talk about it, but they won't, they won't allow people to receive because maybe the, they themselves do not understand that which they're even preaching. Many churches today are good at entertainment and superficial conversion without true supernatural connections. Church is not supposed to be the place that educate us about Jesus. It's supposed to be the place where we are uh, having an opportunity to encounter Jesus. Jesus taught the multitudes by first performing miracles and then teaching the people. His preaching came with demonstration and with power. Look at this in Luke chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there was Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The scripture says that Jesus was teaching. The word of God was teaching the scriptures, the, the, the written word, but those in attendance were not receiving what was being taught. It goes on and says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power was present to heal them, but they would not receive the healing because they were not receiving the word. But because others who did receive Jesus, the living word, and had faith to believe in him, a paralyzed man was then healed. See, the miracles of Jesus testified to the validity of the written word. The people marveled at how Jesus taught so much differently than the other teachers of that time. Jesus taught with authority and his words worked. My pastor used to say this all the time. The word works, but you have to work the word. The word works, but you have to work the word. You can quote scriptures about healing, but if you don't believe in your heart that God heals, you're not going to receive healing or be able to lay hands on people to be healed. You can believe that, the, that there's power to cast out devils, but if you don't believe in casting out devils, you're never going to see anybody delivered and devils cast out. You need to believe the word and you need to work the word. Those that were healed and saw miracles had an interaction with the living word. The apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, he says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. When our faith is built on pure intellect alone, we find ourselves in error. But when the truth of the scripture finds its way into our hearts and we have experienced the power of God, all doubts are removed. We are invited to have an encounter with the living God. The word right here, mistaken, in Mark 12, 24 in the New King James, or error, if you're reading out of the King James, means to wander from the truth, to wander from right reason, or to deceive oneself. See, the only way to prevent being deceived is to know both scriptures and the power. Let me say that again. The only way to prevent from being deceived is to both know the scripture 
and the power to know the written word, but to have an encounter with the living word. The power of God is his word in action. Our experience must always be judged by the written word and the living word. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word is living. It's moving. It's not meant to be held captive by a few educated theologians. The word of God is to be ministered in a way that can be received by those that are hungry and then be demonstrated to pierce the soul and the spirit of those that desire transformation. Matthew 13, 15 says, For the hearts of his people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. See, people's hearts have grown dull because they are not being taught truth and not being introduced to the manifestation of the spirit of truth. People are hard of hearing and seeing because they have seen, all they have seen is deceitful and superficial. People saying that they're Christians, but not operating according to a Christian way. People say that they believe in things, but they're not living out what they say. People are preaching one thing, but they're not practicing that which they preach. If people would hear the word preached and the power of the word manifested, they would have eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that would burn to tell others about it. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John were on their way to the temple for prayer, and they had an encounter with a lame man. Acts chapter 3, verse 6 through 10 says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up immediately in his feet, and his ankle bones received strength. So he, he, so he leaping up, stood and walked, and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Then it says, all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat at the, sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. If I stand up here and I tell you about the many miracles I've witnessed and shared a few verses of scripture with you that made you feel good, you might come back tomorrow and you might not depending on who is playing in the early football game. But if I preach the truth to you and the Holy Spirit stirs in your hearts and causes you to repent, then you have an opportunity to encounter the Holy Spirit in a real way. You will not only come back to, to the church, you will not only desire to hear more of the word, but you will likely tell others about it and encourage them to come and to listen with you. Peter and John had spoke the truth to the man at the gate when they had an encounter with God and he was healed. Not only was he running and praising God, but it caused others to be filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Listen, I don't do these podcasts just to tickle your ears with some knowledge. I don't, I don't want to be the guy that has a bunch of fancy speech and a bunch of uh, poetic sayings. I've come to tell you the truth and to introduce you to the living word and invite you to have an encounter with a living God. Saints, we need to understand a couple things. Number one, we need to know the word. We need to know. We need to have a relationship with the living word. Not only do we need to know the scriptures, but more than anything, we need to know the author of the scriptures. Dr. Billy Brim said, just because you 
quote scripture doesn't mean you have a revelation of it. Revelation only comes from the Spirit of God. John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring your remembrance all things that I said to you. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will, will reaffirm all the things that Jesus said. We know that Jesus is the Word, but just because we read it every day, we will only get true revelation when His Spirit that dwells in us brings it to our remembrance in times of rev, uh, that are relevant for the Word. I don't know how many times I've been doing something and the Holy Spirit brings the Word of God to my remembrance so that I don't stumble. Psalm 119.11 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have been married 25 years and I cannot tell you every little thing that we have discussed or done in those 25 years. But because I spend time with my wife, I have times when we are, when, when, when we will say, remember when. Remember when we did this back when we first got married. Remember when we did this when we were dating. Remember this trip. Sometimes it's a memory of joy. Sometimes it's a memory that acts as a reminder of what not to do. But because we have hidden those memories in our heart, they're always beneficial. You can't wait until you are sick to learn healing scriptures. You need to know them before you get sick to prevent sickness. You can't wait till you're in financial crisis to learn scriptures about blessing. You need to know his promises to keep you from getting in a financial crisis. I remember when Sheridan and I opened our first ministry in 2001, and after seven months where we were completely broke, I reminded God of his word. I told God as we were sitting there and praying, I said, Lord, you said in your word that, that, that you would supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We had a need. God met the need because I reminded God of his word. And not only did I remind him of his word, I had an encounter where I had seen the word met several times. We need to spend time reading the word and time in the presence of the author. To recall the word, the word must be in us. Then when we pray and call out to God, the Holy Spirit will bring that word back to remembrance. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11 says, But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. No one knows the things of God except for the Spirit of God. Pastor Bill Johnson said this, any revelation from God's word that does not lead to an encounter with God only serves to make us more religious. Let me say that again. This is powerful. Any revelation from God's word that does not lead us to an encounter with God, an encounter with God only serves to make us more religious. We need to know the living word Jesus and desire an encounter with him. We need to read the word. We need to know the word, but we need to also spend time with the word. Again, when I first met my wife, I asked people about her. I knew about her, but not until we started spending time in each other's presence did I really get to know her. You will never truly know God until you have an encounter with God. We need to know the word, but number two, we need to desire an experience with his power. 
If more churches would preach the word and invite the word to having to, uh, to ha- have the word in the service, they would not only see the power show up, but they would experience the supernatural growth and not superficial growth. Let me say that again. I kind of stuttered over that. I want you to get this. If more churches would preach the word and invite the word, Jesus, to have the service, they would not only see the power show up, but they would experience supernatural growth and not superficial. See, most people don't want the Holy Spirit to show up because it's going to wreck their agenda. I want the Spirit of God to come and wreck my agenda. My agenda isn't going to help you, but His agenda will set you free. I want to have more than a superficial, worldly, check-the-box service. I want to have an encounter with a God, uh, with my God, with my King, with my Deliverer, with my Creator. The Bible says in John chapter 37 through 39, it says, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit has not yet given, because Jesus was not yet crucified. See, then Jesus had not yet been glorified, but today he has been glorified, and we can come, each and every one of us who are thirsty, and we can drink from the living water. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, which is dispensation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Murray Smith, the lead pastor of Catch the Fire in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina says, when I am in the presence of God, I am completely undone. I see him for who he truly is and I am overwhelmed with his goodness. See, without God in our lives, without the living word in our lives, nothing is worthwhile. But with him, everything can have meaning, everything can have purpose, and everything will be effective. In the presence of God comes miracles. Jesus and his presence in any situation almost always leads to a miracle and most times many miracles. The Bible seems to make it clear that one of the most important things to God is finding those people who seek to be in his presence. Psalm 55, 3 says, God looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. One of my favorite passages of scripture is Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Listen, I want an encounter with God. I want to experience his power and his presence. John Arnott from the Great Toronto Revival said, encounters with God will cause physical manifestations. If you put your finger into a live electric socket, you'd have, you'd have a physical shock. Sometimes when people have an encounter with God, something, something similar to that electrical shock happens in their body. Some people will shake. Some people will fall down to the ground. Some will run. Some will laugh and some will cry. These physical actions are the result of God moving in power and can be a prophetic sign of what is going on inside of them and what God is wanting to do in others. 
Whether the miracle is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, whether the miracle is the healing, whether the miracle is a word of knowledge or just a touch from God to let you know that he's near, we need to desire and experience of his power. People perish because they don't know God's word and power. I want to know the word and I want to experience his presence and power. If you have need, the word of God says that he will supply it. And his presence is here to do so. Wherever you're at, whatever's going on, whatever's going on in your life, Jesus is here. If you're driving down the road, if you need a touch from God, stop right now, pull off to the side of the road, call upon the Lord and ask him to invade your car. If you're sitting in your living room, if you're in your bedroom, if you're in your office, I want you right now to stop where you're at and I want you to ask God to come into your heart, come into your office, come under your desk, come into whatever area you're at and have him manifest himself to you. God wants to move in our lives and we need to desire to have him do so. I want to know the word, but I want to know the word accurately. I want to know the living word. And I want to know the power that comes with knowing my Lord and Savior. I want the Holy Spirit to take up residence in my life. That I would be a, a candle burning for others to see it. I believe in signs and wonders. I believe in miracles. I believe in the manifestation of God. And I'm going to continue to preach it. And I'm going to continue to offer it to all those that would come hungry and thirsty. Father, I pray that you'd be with each and every one that's listened to this podcast. Lord, that they would have an encounter with you. If there's somebody that's listening and does not know you as Lord and Savior, may they have an encounter with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ today, that would change and transform them, that they would be saved. If there's someone that's listening today that's sick in body, I pray for a healing touch right now, wherever they're at, that you would just touch them, minister to them, that a fire would burn inside them and heal up whatever it is that ails them. And Father, if there's one that is struggling with their thought life, I pray may the peace of God that passes all understanding come into their, their minds right now. Touch them, Father God, that their thoughts would be focused on you, the author and the finisher of their faith. Father, whatever the need may be, Lord, if we will believe what the Word says, believe in the power of the living Word, and believe in the Spirit of the living Word that is in us, we will receive the manifestation of that Word in our lives. And Father, I just thank you for it. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for listening. And I pray that you have a great week.